Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Live from Aaron Rodgers' coming out party, it's the 4th and Inches show with Jana and the Sherpa. Jana, congratulations on having internet again. How did you uh, enjoy week one cool. of the season? Well, um, I, it was a, a little stressful. I didn't have didn't have TV or internet, so as I was telling Sherpa before, uh, this has been an ongoing battle with, with Verizon Fios that we all didn't know we were fighting, but it's a collective we. Uh, and I ended up having to go buy a hotspot and a whole bunch of data so that I could stream the games this weekend because that wasn't a world I was planning on living in. <laughs> um, the, oh. the, I'm sorry about your Giants. The Cowboys game was great to watch. Um, I was going to say, if surprises. you hadn't been able to get your Internet working, then maybe that wouldn't have counted. <laughs> but we wouldn't have had to talk about it today because it would have been like that movie about the woman who – goes into a coma in East Germany and then wakes up after yes. the unification and her kids are trying to convince her that it's... it's I, and I was the one on Saturday sweating. Things. I was going to be the woman in the coma. <laughs> it's like, I can't be this. <laughs> but, so, I mean, But anyway, it's glad that one. it didn't come to that. <laughs> yeah. other, other than your Giants, other than Sunday night, how did you feel about the games this weekend? Anything stand out to you? I'm just... A lot of small sample size noise. You just don't know really what's real and what isn't. I mean, I'm pretty confident in saying that uh, Cincinnati and Kansas City will turn out to be better teams than Tampa Bay and Los Angeles Rams this season, but you never would have known that on Sunday. But, yeah, just a whole bunch of things. But, you know, we'll see. And then, obviously, some of the injuries that we'll get to um, really are going to make a major – difference on some teams and you know i'll have more to say about this later but just in general you know some people say oh just go out and blow your waiver priority or you know a lot of your fab on players you know week one or week two because that's when the difference makers that can help you win your league and my thought on that is Mm. that there's two kinds of quote-unquote difference makers that help you win your league they're one yeah. The kinds that emerge, you know, as a result of injuries, which can happen any time during the season. And then secondly, they're the ones that emerged just because we didn't know what their role was going to be before right. the season started. And then all of a sudden they're in a starring role. And, you know, I'm thinking of someone obviously like, you know, Puka Nakua. And who knows whether that's small sample size or whether he turns into the next, you know, you know, version of uh, Calvin Johnson, at least on a you know, number of catches basis, but in yardage basis. But anyway, so, you know, my thought is that there are not too many people in the latter group that, you know, are going to have, um, you know, new starring roles that we didn't anticipate, you know, that you're more likely, you know, better off saving your shekels, you know, as the season goes on and just spreading your fab spending yeah. pretty easily. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think the whole idea that like, oh, this is when you can go pick up a difference maker is just so ludicrous because like, especially now when nobody plays in the preseason, we still don't know what any of these teams look like. Guys, you're going to see so many soft tissue injuries the first three, four weeks of the season. Like guys aren't ready to be at NFL speed yet. You can, you can work out all you want, but until you're actually out there, like taking hits, taking the reps, doing those kinds of things, like, 
fact that no one plays in preseason means that the first four weeks of the NFL season are the preseason, and it's we, we just don't know if anyone's any good. We don't know what anyone's going to look like. Like like you said, Joe Burrow is not going to look like this all year long. The Giants' offense is not going to score zero points all season. Baker Mayfield can't steal the defensive signs every single week. Like These things just can't happen time and time again. So like it's hard to say, let's go blow all my – priorities when maybe I'm picking up a guy who's never going to see a ball again, but he had a great week one. Like, for me, I think you got to wait and see a little bit more, but you know, someone else can use up their dollars. We'll save ours for a couple weeks from now. <laughs> and by the way, congratulations on your victory in that uh, dynasty league we both play and you inherited a hot mess with zero functioning quarterbacks. And now all of a sudden you have both Anthony Richardson and Jordan Love on your uh, I've got two so, two uh, functioning you, quarterbacks. I might be out of tight ends now that Greg Dolchich is hurt, but we'll cross that bridge later. <laughs> For those of you who haven't listened to us before, where have you been? But Sherpa and I both play in a a 32-team dynasty league uh, with some other, other podcasters and serious XM guys, and I inherited a team that literally spent 10 weeks last season without a quarterback. Like, just didn't even have one to start. None. <laughs> this year we've got two now. I have options. It's a plethora of riches. Yeah, but you also won, which was great. Yeah, with, without Jonathan Taylor, that's my saving grace. But, uh, yeah, my, my team is not uh, looking like much of a champion contender. But, anyway, the season's still ah. young, and so are some of us. So why don't we get to the rest of the show? <laughs> So we have, as always, an action-packed show for you. We're going to be here for an hour, uh, depending how many tangents are going, maybe a hair longer, but right around till about 9 o'clock Eastern time. And then we'll be back for the next two weeks. You'll find us on Wednesdays at 7.30, from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then we'll go back to our normal Tuesday nights, where you can find us from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. You can find us all over social media, because one hour a week just isn't enough. I mean, we all know that. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. You can find us on Twitter slash X slash whatever you want to call it. Uh, he's at fantasy underscore Sherpa. I'm at JKIM16. And the show is at the number four THN inches show. That's the number four THN inches show. You can also email us at the number four THN inches show at gmail.com. And like I said, we're here generally every Tuesday night, but for a couple of weeks, just to keep things interesting, we're going to keep it on Wednesdays. And we have everything for you tonight, whether you want to dominate the water cooler, talk some smack to your coworkers and friends, you've got a dynasty league that may or may not have quarterbacks. Fugitive dynasty the daily league. Fantasy league. <laughs> yeah. We've got everything covered for you. Um, and, of course, some predictions. Just straight up. A lot of arguing. Uh, but we'll we'll dive in to the injuries. We will keep it as streamlined as I can, but anything that's going to potentially impact, I'm not looking at individual defensive players, but overall teams, we've got a few big names. Uh, I'm not sure if you tuned into Monday Night Football, but Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles and is going to be done for the season. That means the Packers are not going to be getting a first-round draft pick, and that means a lot of people at a bar in Green Bay had to pay their tabs because the Jets won last week. Um Sam Wilson or uh, Sam Wilson's going to be the guy, and and I guess we're going to see what happens. It's not going to be Colin Kaepernick. It's it's not going to be a trade for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, the Jets are still figuring out what happened. Or I'm sorry, Zach Wilson, and they're going to see what happens here. 
And, you know, they got the Cowboys this week. So we'll see We'll see if he lives to tell the tale. But for right now, there's still only two quarterbacks on this roster, and Aaron Rodgers is posting on Instagram that he's heartbroken. Moving on, we did have a few other things happen this weekend, <laughs> despite what the media might want you to think today. Uh, the Cardinals, you know, they, they hung in. They hung in with the Commanders, played a little better than I thought we all – I think we all thought they would. Um, they're primarily looking at offensive and defensive line injuries, which really isn't going to help their setup at all. But position player-wise, you're coming out pretty clean out of that game. In Atlanta, um, biggest name on your injury report is running back Cordero Patterson, who didn't play last week with a thigh injury. He's still not practicing. He says he is trending more towards playing than he was last week. We'll see what actually happens. Um, also dealing with some injuries in the linebacking core, particularly Troy Anderson and a concussion does not look like he's going to play this week. Out in Baltimore, uh, coming into a big big matchup this week for the division, they may be out a couple of key players, but it does look like they're going to get tight end Mark Andrews back. He is practicing. Uh, today he had a full practice. He's dealing with a quad injury. They're officially ruling him questionable, but it looks like he's on track to play this week. So, I'm sure if you have them on your fantasy team, this is great news. I know it is for mine. <laughs> also, you're looking at uh, having to replace a running back if you drafted J.K. Dobbins, like I did on a few teams. He also uh, tore his Achilles tendon. He actually did it first. Aaron Rodgers just copying him, unfortunately. Um, he was having a nice nice little game Thank before you. that happened. And uh, you're also looking at... An injury to Ronnie Stanley, who's going to miss at least a week, probably more than that, suffering yet another strained, uh, sprained right ankle and knee. It didn't look good. He's a big man. This dogged him for a lot of the season last year, and that means that Lamar Jackson's going to have to look over his shoulder a little bit more. They're also probably going to be without center Tyler Linderbaum. So the offensive line is not quite as stout as it started the season. Um, he is Likely not playing this week. They haven't officially ruled him out, but it it doesn't look good. So I would expect Lamar to be throwing a lot more and a lot faster than we saw last week. Um, out in Buffalo, still recovering from, from the upset on Monday night. But the only real notable thing out of camp this week or practice this week, I guess we're not really in camp anymore, Von Miller saying he's unsure he'll be ready to play week five when he's first eligible to come off the pup list. Two weeks ago, it was, I can't believe they put me on the pup list. Now, maybe he's not going to be ready. So, uh, if you're banking on the Bills defense getting better as the weeks go on, I would maybe just pump the brakes a little bit there. Down in Carolina, wide receiver DJ Turk did not play last week with a hamstring injury. He was a, a late scratch on Sunday, if you will. He's still not practicing. He says he felt ready. He felt like he could have played on Sunday. Um, they're being a little cautious with him, but it looks like he'll be good to go this week, barring a setback. So, again, keep an eye on that. In Chicago, not a lot went right for them. Unfortunately, it's not going to get much better defensively. They're dealing with a lot of injuries to the secondary. Uh, so, it it doesn't look like slowing other offenses down is really on the agenda this week. So, please don't be starting them in your fantasy league. Cincinnati, uh, still reportedly pretty healthy. I don't know how healthy Joe Burrow actually is, but they're not putting him on the injury report. Out in Cleveland, biggest name here, right tackle Jack Conklin is done for the year. Uh, he tore his knee up. That is going to be a problem for Deshaun Watson, so keep an eye on that. 
He had a, a better look last week than he had last season, but now it gets a little more complicated, especially coming into a, a little bit more of a challenge as we go here. Cowboys wide receiver Brandon Cooks uh, has a chance of playing this week. He's been dealing with a knee injury. He's officially listed as questionable, uh, but he looks like he's tracking in the right direction. We'll see how that goes. In Denver, aforementioned Greg Dolchich, my tight end extraordinaire, is officially doubtful, um, but reportedly going to miss at least multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, Not looking great there. Jerry Judy, who we were hoping maybe would come back, says he was also very close last week to playing on Sunday. Still ruling and questionable with hamstring injury. That's probably going to go down right to game time, so have a plan B. Again, I don't know if he should be your plan A, but we'll get to you. We'll give you some options on the waiver wire here in just a minute. (laughs) And then in Detroit, dealing with a lot of issues in the secondary injury-wise, it looks like most of these guys are going to be good to go, but they uh, had a little extra recovery time, so we're hoping they get a little healthier here in Green Bay. They are unfortunately not getting draft picks they thought they were going to get. They also are dealing with injuries to a whole bunch of their key offensive players, namely running back Aaron Jones. He is not practicing. He is officially questionable with a hamstring injury, and it looks like he is very much questionable. Um, That one's going to go down to game time, and there's a very real chance he may not play this week, so please have a plan B there. We'll help you with that in a few minutes. Also, wide receivers Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are not practicing. Um, Dobbs did do some work but he wasn't a full go today. He's dealing with a hamstring injury that knocked him out of the game last week. Christian Watson didn't play. He's also dealing with his own hamstring injury, and he looks probably the most questionable of the two. In Houston, wide receiver John Mechie III is back at practice. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Wide receiver Noah Brown went on injury reserve for a groin injury. Uh, Also keep an eye on safety Jimmy Ward, who's not practicing, and offensive tackle George Font. He's Potentially not going to play this week with a shoulder injury. C.J. Stroud has a lot on his plate. Not having something to throw to slow down a defender is not going to help any. In Indianapolis, uh, Jonathan Taylor still, still unfortunately injured, still unfortunately can't play. However, he is looking to take a physical potentially this week, as soon as Sunday they're saying, um, which would potentially put him on track to return week five when he'd be eligible to come off the physical inability to perform list, a.k.a. the pup list, dealing with that ankle injury slash bad feelings about his contract. <laughs> You're also dealing with some offensive line injuries there, too. Uh, that is that is an ongoing theme here, in case you haven't noticed. Jacksonville, the Jaguars seem to just continue to be the healthiest team in the league. I'm not entirely sure how they do it, what kind of voodoo witchcraft they got going, but more power to them couple of guys dinged up, but nothing looks like it's going to be too serious. In Kansas City, the hyperextension heard around the world. Travis Kelsey did not play on Thursday night with that hyperextended knee. Um, he did practice. It was very limited today. Uh, they're calling him questionable. It looks like he's going to try to play. I don't know how effective he'll be. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to our player rankings. Also running back, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire dealing with uh, an illness. It's like a flu-like thing. He's not practicing. He should be fine come the weekend. In Las Vegas, the Raiders have a scary moment where we saw Jacoby Myers go down uh, and not move on the field here for a little bit. He was able to get up and walk off with some help. He is still in the concussion protocol, and there is not a great chance he's getting out of it in time for this weekend. 
Uh, also keep an eye on defensive end Chandler Jones, who's a little dinged up, looking questionable coming into this week. Uh, on the same same time zone, same side of the country, Chargers running back Austin Eckler was the uh, the big name out of this game that was potentially going to be a problem for your fantasy lineup. He's officially questionable with an ankle injury. He did not practice today. They're calling it partially ankle-related, partially personal reasons. He said on ESPN yesterday in an interview that he thinks he's playing. I tend to believe him. He's also still hurt that he can never draft himself in his fantasy league. So I'm thinking he's he's pretty motivated to play. In uh, the other side of town, Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup went on the IR a little after we recorded our episode last week. So thanks for, for nothing. But we did tell you this was coming. The hamstring injury, he was seeing a specialist in Minnesota. It's not getting better. He's going to be out at least a couple of weeks. I'd be shocked if he's back by week five, but we'll see what happens. In Miami, running back Raheem Mostert is not practicing with a knee injury. He's questionable. It looks like he's planning to try to play, but keep an eye on that. Although Tua is just going to throw the ball forever, so you might not miss him in the lineup. Wide receiver Jalen Waddell was limited today at practice. He's dealing with an oblique injury. He slowed him down a little bit last week, so keep an eye on that as well. Out in Minnesota, coming into the primetime game on Thursday, they have ruled out their center, Garrett Bradbury, already. He's dealing with a back injury, so that is going to make the life a little more difficult for Kirk Cousins, who already has a terrible record in primetime, and they're also dealing with a couple of other linemen who are dinged up, mostly ankle injuries, but those are big men, and ankles are tough to come by. Out in New England, uh, Devontae Parker is... Still limited with the knee injury. It looks like he's going to try to play this week, but it is pretty touch and go. Uh, Still a couple of other guys roaming around in the secondary that are dealing with injuries, but it looks like for the most part they're pretty healthy. Down in New Orleans, uh, one piece of good news, we saw Michael Thomas finally play football for the first time in a year and a half. So he was out there. He didn't get hurt. That was great. But uh, they also put wide receiver Traquan Smith on IR since we last recorded the episode. I'm hoping most of you are not dealing with that as an injury on your fantasy teams, but if you're like me, you might be. In New York, wide receiver Wondell Robinson is questionable. He was practicing today, just limited, but he was out there. He's dealing with a knee injury. Uh, Darren Waller, still a little banged up. He's forever going to be listed as questionable. That seems to be his, his career designation here. Um, and for the most part, including Graham Gano, your kicker, everybody is on this injury report as questionable. He's dealing with a calf injury. They think he's going to be fine coming into this week. Also, keep an eye on Andrew Thomas on that offensive line. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, so he is, he's probably the most questionable out of the bunch. But they are, they are losing bodies on the O-line at a pretty alarming rate, which is not good for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley at all. In New York, we already talked about Aaron Rodgers not going to play the rest of the season. Unfortunately, that Achilles injury, Brees Hall is officially listed as questionable as well with a knee injury. He's going to be fine. It's more of a maintenance thing than anything else right now. Philadelphia, uh, as it, as we talked about playing Minnesota tomorrow night, or if you're listening to this tonight on Thursday, they're going to be without three defensive starters, cornerback James Bradbury, Reed Blankenship safety, and they're also going to be without running back Kenneth Gainwell, who's dealing with rib injuries. Nicobe Dean went on IR today with a foot injury. He's going to miss at least the next four games. And Fletcher Cox is listed as questionable with a rib injury as well. So 
there are points to be had on that Eagles defense. We'll see what happens come tomorrow night. In Pittsburgh, wide receiver Deontay Johnson is doubtful with a hamstring injury. It looks like he's probably missing up to a month. They're thinking another four weeks. Also, tight end Pat Fryermuth is questionable. He is limited right now. He's dealing with a chest injury. It's kind of ribs more than anything else, but it looks like they're planning on him playing. And uh, tackle Cameron Hayward is going to need groin injury. He's going to be out for several weeks. Unfortunately, that defense needs all the help it can get. In San Francisco, we're looking pretty healthy. It's mostly uh, just secondary injuries, but that defense seems to have a million healthy bodies to just keep coming back. So just keep an eye on that. For the most part, you should be okay. In Seattle, again, a lot of injuries to the defense. Um, Really offensive line woes as well. They were dealing with some guys with knee injuries. It's turf toe. There's a lot of contagious things on that O-line. So I, I would think that the ball's coming out early or we're getting a lot of run plays here. Down in Tampa Bay, again, a couple of, of injuries to the secondary. But beyond that, your skilled players are pretty healthy, not that defenders are not skilled. Don't I don't, I don't need the emails. <laughs> in Tennessee, DeAndre Hopkins is officially listed as questionable. He is going to play. Uh, running back Tajay Spears also listed as questionable. Again, hopefully not affecting your lineup too terribly much. Keep an eye on safety Imani Hooker. That's probably more an injury I'm – I'm keeping an eye on there. And in Washington, D.C., defensive end Chase Young, questionable again. It's probably not going to be this week. He's got a chance at week three dealing with the stinger and and all the fun stuff there. Um, Also put wide receiver Dax Maline on IR. He's got a groin injury. He's going to be out at least a couple of weeks. And we have actually made it to the end of the injury report. Let's find some healthy players to fill some of these holes. I need a tight end. Sherpa, do you have some answers for me? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I do. Um, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, Somebody needs to. <laughs> pretty long list of widely available players still. I'm just highlighting a few I'm running backs. Let's start with them. You know, Kenneth Gainwell would have been at the top of my list for this week or one of two yeah. highly recommended options. But if he's not playing, then he's obviously not on that list. But, you know, again, especially if your league has IR spots or not IR spots, but, you know, just injury yeah. spots that you can stash someone like that, great. But uh, otherwise, mm-hmm. my top recommendation for this week would be Gus Edwards with the Ravens. Um, Justice yeah. Hall of the Ravens is also interesting, but I expect Gus Edwards to get more of the work there. Um, others of interest include uh, Devon A. Chain with Miami, Rashawn Johnson with the Bears, Kendra Miller with New Orleans, Chuba Hubbard with Carolina, uh, Kareem Hunt, who's a free agent but may not be for much longer, uh, Kyron Williams, yeah. Joshua Kelly, and uh, Jalen Warren with Pittsburgh. You know, just one thing to keep in mind, these are recommendations for you know the foreseeable future. These aren't just one week, you know, only recommendations because some of these guys are going to wind up on my uh, avoid list for this week. But yes. you know, just in general, if you need somebody. <laughs> We're not talking out of both bench, sides of our mouth. We promise. <laughs> no, I, I try not to. Sometimes it just happens. But uh, anyway, that's, that's not the goal to give advice and then you know contradict myself in ten minutes. But uh, so if you hear yeah. him on this list and then you hear me saying to avoid him in my uh, 
segment later that it's not contradictory advice. It's possible for both those things to be true at the same time. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, anybody you want to add to that list? Anybody you have your eye on? Um, who, no, I like it. Who's you on the list? I, I'm very intrigued by the, the Baltimore running back situation. I want to see who steps up. I think you're right. I think Gus Edwards definitely starts with the lion's share of the carries, but I think Justice Hill is very interesting, especially longer term. Like if you have time to – you're able to stash someone, you don't need them right away, maybe as a bye week fill in later. And Chuba Hubbard, I think I think the Panthers are going to get better. I, I really think that there's a lot, a lot of room to grow there, and I think he's going to be a big part of that. So those those are probably my favorites off the list. Okay, uh, wide receiver wise, um, he's probably not available in years, but just in case, Nico Collins with Houston would be um, a high recommendation for me. And then the other two um, I'm particularly interested in this week would be Zay Jones with Jacksonville. I'm not quite sure what the yeah. pecking order is there. I mean, Calvin Ridley seems like he's definitely ensconced as the top option, but you know, whether second option is going to be uh, Christian Kirk or Zay Jones, it's TBD. And then the other one mm-hmm. who I think would be on a lot of people's radar this week um, is uh, Puka Nakua with the Rams, um, who in Cooper Cup's absence you know, had a I really mean, he nice was running all the Cooper Cup week. plays, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and then of course the question is when Cooper Cup comes back in week five, does he, you know, just you know, maintain a a decent share or does that dry up for him all of a sudden? But uh, we'll see. I think if he's still heavily involved in the offense the next two or three weeks, then that's probably a good sign for him. I mean, I have more confidence in him than I do, say, in Tutu Atwell, his teammate who also had a nice week one. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Others of interest include Darnell Mooney with the Bears, Rashi Rice with um, Kansas City, Romeo Dubs, Rashid Shahid, and Kendrick Bourne, and Josh Reynolds. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Any thoughts or people you want to add to that list? Pleasantly surprised with Rashi Rice. I think he he's really got a lot of potential, and obviously that's an offense where there's there's a lot of footballs to go around there. They're gonna throw plenty. Um, I think Kendrick Bourne also I like a lot. I just I think there's this. That was not a week – the week one team we saw in New England is not the same that we're going to be seeing. I don't think there's any way they can stay as stagnant as as they were. Um, but I, I've seen, especially today in particular, I've seen probably in three or four of my leagues people drop and someone to pick up Rashi Rice. So they seem pretty hot on him right now. Okay. I'm moving on to court. Um <laughs> In case he's still available in your league, which he probably isn't, but if he is, if Brock Purdy's still out there, he would be um, top of my list. I, um, I thought he looked amazing. Guys, yeah, I mean, especially given the injury and then to come back the way he did, it was quite impressive. Yeah, so, yeah. three that are probably at the top of my list this week would be uh, Derek Carr with New Orleans, Jordan Love with Green Bay, and Mac Jones with New England. Others of interest include Matthew Stafford, Sam Howell, Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, and C.J. Stroud. If you're right, yeah. I mean, I was, I I was actually like very invested in watching that Commanders Cardinals game because I I just had no idea what we we're going to get out of Sam Howell. I didn't know what we we're going to get out of Joshua Dobbs, and 
I was very impressed with both of them. There was, I think their ceiling is higher than I thought it was going into this week. So I'm giving them a little more slack. I think that Sam Howell might be, uh, like you said, especially, especially if God forbid you're in a two quarterback league, which I like and no one else in the world does, but he becomes very interesting in a format like that. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. They're going to be behind all the time. And then uh, moving over to tight ends, a much shorter list here, probably top of my list, even though he didn't uh, catch a ton of passes this week, would be Luke Musgrave in Green Bay, and that's not so much Mm -hmm. a bet on him as it is on Green Bay's offense and Jordan Love. But, you know, um, so he's somebody that I would like to pick up this week if I had a tight end hole. And then a couple others to mention, a couple of HHs, Hunter Henry, in New England, yeah. uh, sorry that uh, Mike Gusecki still seems to be it's, a second fiddle there. It's coming. Then, it's uh, coming. It, His time is coming. <laughs> uh, not holding my breath. And then uh, Hayden I, Hurst, who yeah. is somebody I like a lot in Carolina. He always seems to do well, you know, a little bit below the radar, whether he's in Atlanta or Cincinnati or wherever he is. Uh, unfortunately, this is one of those weeks where I'm going to say I think he's a good long-term investment, but maybe – and avoid play for this week, but uh, just for one yeah. and that's also why he's probably not at the top of my list for this week. But uh, anyone I overlooked or you would like to add to that? List? I mean, I'm I'm still on the Mike Gusecki soapbox. I think another week or two, and that that two tight end set New England's really going to come back. There's there was glimpses of it. It's coming, people. He's getting healthier. But I I was. I was pleasantly surprised by how many looks Hunter Henry got. Like you said, Hayden Hurst is good everywhere he goes. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a little bit slim pickings out there. Well, Hunter Henry was certainly good when he was with the Chargers, but you know, they didn't mm-hmm. throw all that much uh, with whatever you know, passed for an offense in New England last week. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, last season with those two defensive minds, you know, with the special teams coordinator and the – defensive coordinator that were posing as offensive coordinators for them last year. Yeah, that was, but, uh, what a you know, mess. Any game, if, and I doubt he will, but if Mac Jones is going to throw the ball 54 times a game, you better believe that Hunter Henry and you know, possibly even Mike Kosicki are going to be fantasy relevant this year. All right. So I, I think that the tight ends will rise in New England. Less so in other offenses. I'm looking at you, Gerald Everett. What are we doing out there? But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Donald Parham on line two for you. Um, (laughs) So defenses, um, a whole bunch of streaming. Now, this year I'm trying something a little bit different, but, you know, as my usual thing, I waited to draft the defense until the last couple rounds of my drafts and then instead of just hanging on for dear life to the Chargers defense or even the Dolphins defense, if I happen to draft them, you know, I, I must admit that I'm into uh, streaming defenses. That didn't work out so well with, for me this week with uh, Seattle's defense against the Rams, but I'm back with some other well, streaming ideas yeah. for this week and hopefully these will work out a little bit better. Top option for me this week streaming-wise would be Green Bay on the road at Atlanta. Uh, Tampa against Chicago, Cleveland at Pittsburgh, Chargers at Tennessee, the Giants at Arizona, Detroit home against Seattle, Chicago at Tampa Bay, 
Arizona hosting the Giants and Houston uh, hosting Indianapolis. If you're in need of a streamer defense option this week or if, like me, you're just sort of committed to playing the streaming game this season for your team defenses and replace them each week, uh, those are um, my picks for this week. But uh, heavy, heavy endorsement for Green Bay at Atlanta. What, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we all know what I'm I'm picking in that Green Bay Atlanta game. So yes, I wholeheartedly support that. But as someone who definitely does not stream defenses because I'm just crippled with anxiety all the time, I need to have some certainty in my life, and that's knowing I have one or two defenses on my roster at any given time. <laughs> but um, I I, mean, I would think you have to feel good after seeing a lot of the scores from last week, how low scoring a lot of these games were, that, that gave you a lot more flexibility streaming-wise coming in this week that, okay, maybe some of these teams are going to do a little more than I thought. Maybe offensive-wise, there's not going to be quite as much out there because that's a big factor when you're thinking about picking up a defense. How many points are they going to give up? Can they can they manufacture any points? So I think it, it's a good time to be streaming a defense. I don't know if the good days will last forever, but it's good this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I go back to what you said earlier in the show, too, about a lot of teams, you know, just not playing the regulars during the preseason. And, that, yeah, that really, you know, shows up in the first week or two of the regular season. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, last week I thought there would be a number of high-scoring games and turned yeah. out I was wrong and all, but the game that I really cared about. But uh, for this week, you know, I'm, I'm more of the mind that there will be a number of low-scoring games, but... Uh, We'll see if we agree on that or not. So shall we get to some position yeah. player rankings? Yeah, let's let's get crazy. Let's talk about some running backs, because I know how much you love special teams, so you don't want to dwell too much on that. <laughs> we'll so go for the high-octane point-getters. <laughs> yes, who, who are your uh, top ten running backs for this week? I've got Christian McCaffrey at the top of my list. Uh, I'm not really scared of this Rams defense. I like the matchup a whole lot. I've got Saquon Barkley at number two. I'm sure he's lower down on everyone else's list, but I love the matchup. There's no way that things can be as bad as they were last week. They just can't. So it's got to get better. Derrick Henry checking in at three. Um, Bijan Robinson, despite the fact that I am not a Falcons fan, Bijan Robinson was very interesting to me this week. I've got him up at four on my list. Uh, Austin Eckler and his maybe hurt, maybe not that hurt ankle at five. It looks like he's planning on playing. Even if he only plays part of the game, he's dynamic enough. I'm going to get points out of him potentially in a flex spot that I feel okay about. So even if he's limited, I'm I'm good with putting him out there at number five. Tony Pollard comes in at six on the list. Travis Etienne in Jacksonville at seven. Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Joe Mixon rounding out the top ten. How's yours looking? Um. It's funny. We actually our, our first two. I agree with. We agree on, and your third and, and fourth. Then it goes sideways pretty fast. List. So <laughs> yes, it goes sideways pretty quickly. So we'll see. But that's kind of you know we're used Unlike to that after the NFL, years, so. we we work in the preseason here. We're in midseason form when we show up. We're not showing up with soft tissue injuries. Come on, guys. We can do this. It's year fourteen. You can too. So I've got uh, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, as I alluded to, at one and two on my list for this week. Uh, Travis Etienne, three. Joe Mixon, four. James Cook, five. Uh, Austin Eckler, six, if he can play. Joshua Kelly, um, if not, if Eckler doesn't play. Raheem Mostert, if he's healthy. Isaiah Pacheco, Jamal Williams, and Damian Pierce. 
rounding out my top ten, and then uh, DeAndre Swift um, with an honorable mention. And again, he would probably be higher on my list, but you know, just because Kenneth Gainwell isn't there, you know, do I go with DeAndre Swift? Are they going to have their shot Penny active this week? You know, do they give carries to Boston Scott? I just as as good as that Philly offense is, I just don't know that there's any running back that you can really trust in week to week. Yeah, I got to say that this Philadelphia offensive scheme, this running back situation might be the thing that irritates me the most in all of football right now. And there's a lot of things that irritate me. But this running back, this feels like Mike Shanahan coaching the then known as the Washington Redskins with the Shanahanigans that we had all these running backs that were all Pro Bowl caliber and we never knew who was going to get the touches from one week to another or hell, one half to another. DeAndre Swift should be the lead back out of this backfield. DeAndre Swift had one touch last week for three yards. We're only doing that at the backfield, but we got the Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott, the two tiniest humans on the planet, save for maybe Deuce Vaughn in Dallas, out here running yeah, through like they the think they're Mack trucks, and Rashad Penny's not even active. Like, what are we doing, guys? Um, yeah, that was a hard one to figure out. I digress. I'm, I have well, every think... one of those Eagles names on my, on my avoid list. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm done. I'm, on the topic, I'm done what do you think them. of the Baltimore backfield? How would you rank the running backs there? Um, because don't forget, Melvin Gordon's in the mix, too. So He is. Um, he is, yes. How do you, so I think, I think Gus you, Edwards yeah. is the top of the heap there. I think he is going to get the bulk of the carries, but I think they very much will be an offense that goes with a hot hand. Like if Justice Hill's making making the, a lot of cuts and he's getting through and he's getting some big yardage, they'll go to him. I, I think they're going to play the hot hand more than anything, but Gus Edwards is your number one. Then you've got a 1A, 1B. Um, but, I mean, their, their backfield is a little more dynamic. Uh, for whatever reason, the Eagles just – I mean, these guys don't even block well. Like, they're not bringing anything productive to the table. And the two guys who really should be your one and two, one's not active and one got one carry. <laughs> oh, this is so irritated. I'm really sorry you walked right into this. <laughs> so um, while um, we're on annoying subject, how about uh, running backs to avoid this week? Who's on your list? <laughs> All of the Eagles, every single one of them. I don't care if Kenneth Gainwell rises from the dead and has a rib transplant. Don't start him. Don't start Rashad Penny, who it looks like is going to be active. He'll probably get one carry because that's what you do with your best running backs. Stay away from all of it. Your lead rusher is is going to be Jalen Hurts, and that's what's going to be. So uh, I'm staying away from all of them. I'm also staying away from the Rams' backfield. I hate this matchup with San Francisco. Um, I'm not entirely sure how comfortable I am with this Rams' offense to begin with for for fantasy purposes. So, K-Makers, Kyrie Williams, staying off. Um, Also staying away from Khalil Herbert in Chicago. I don't think there's going to be nearly enough volume there. Zach Moss, Jarek Riddick, Antonio Gibson. Again, I'm staying away from a lot of these Washington running backs. Uh, most of them, like the Brian Robinsons, are in purgatory. But in particular, I think that Gibson's probably the bottom of that, that proverbial heap. Uh, also staying away from Deion Jackson. 
Uh, and Chuba Hubbard, as much as I like him off the waiver wire, again, I don't love this matchup for him, but much in the vein of I'm not sure who's coming out on top of any of these, like, strongly, like, big committee situations, I'm staying away from the Buffalo backfield. They're going to be throwing the ball. Josh Allen was terrible this week. He has a point to prove. The run game is going to kind of go by the wayside here. So maybe next week for these guys. Okay. Um, yeah. I'll start off with, uh, like I said, two guys that were on your recommended list, um, and I'm avoiding Derrick Henry and Bijan Robinson this week uh, <laughs> just because I think there's not going to be much scoring going on in those backfields or for those offenses as a whole this week. Uh, staying away from the Jets' backfield, mainly uh, Bruce Hall and Dalvin Cook. Staying away from the Panthers' backfield, Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard. Staying away from the Steelers' backfield, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Uh, no thank you to Kenneth Walker, James Conner, Javante Williams, uh, the Rams' backfield, as you alluded to, Ken Akers and Connor Williams and uh, also staying away from Tyler Algier, who had a quite impressive Game, he sure uh, did. Atlanta. I did not did not see that coming not out hard of him. To imagine, not hard to imagine him coexisting with uh, Bijan Robinson and also being a viable fantasy at least a flex player this season. But uh, yeah, who thought Cordero Patterson would then, be the odd man out? And then um, dishonorable mentions for uh, Alexander Madison, Gus Edwards, uh, Khalil Herbert, and Roshan Johnson, and Zach Moss. So. Sounds like uh, our avoid lists are, uh, have more in common than our recommended lists. Yep, and we we took a nice nice little side tangent there. So I promise I will calm down for wide receivers. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go first for wide receivers. Cool. To, let's see, throw you a 15-yard game for uh, on broadcast or like uh, literally taunting an entire organization right now. <laughs> Yes, it's fine. Fifteen minutes in the penalty box. All right. Um, for wide receivers, I'm going to go with AJ Brown as my top pick for this week. Uh, Jamar Chase, Ebo Samuel, Tyree Hill, Calvin Ridley, Devonta Smith, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Waddle, and Chris Olave rounding out my top ten, and then Stephon Diggs as an honorable mention. There you go. I like that. Um, we've got some. We've got some overlap here. I'm sure I'm going to say some names you're going to be like top of my avoid list, but you know, do it anyway. Um, I've got Justin Jefferson at the top of my list. I'm ding, ding, ding. very. <laughs> there we go. I'm very concerned <clears throat> about the Eagles' defense and their health, uh, especially after what we saw happen to them last week and how they almost blew that whole game up. And, yes, I'm going to give you some troubling Kirk Cousins primetime stats later, but I think Justin Jefferson's still going to make a difference here. <laughs> Number two on my list, Tyreek Hill out in Miami. <laughs> um, I think that Tua threw for a gazillion yards, I guess doing his his ninja Kav Magav training, whatever he was doing all off season, to learn how to fall correctly, maybe learned – that he didn't need to fall all the time. He could just stand up and complete a pass. And you know what? Maybe that maybe it's a nothing to madness. So he can keep throwing the ball forever. Let Tyreek Hill just be down there and catch it. He's as healthy as the other two. Um, at number three, I've got Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. I think this will be a little bit of redemption. 
Amon Ross St. Brown at four. Uh, again, loving what Motor City Dan Campbell's got going. Devontae Adams checking in at five for me here. Number six, Calvin Ridley. And Jamar Chase is all the way down at number seven on my list. A.J. Brown's at eight. D.K. Metcalf at nine. And Chris Olave sneaking into the top ten this week. Yes, the me, my avoid list, uh, as I foreshadowed, uh, has Justin Jefferson <laughs> at the top of it. I'm not as optimistic as you are about uh um, his prospects for this week, uh, DK Metcalf on my avoid list, uh, Garrett Wilson, DJ Moore, Zay Flowers, uh, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton in Denver, Rashad Bateman, Drake London, Tyler Lockett, and Puka Nakua, and dishonorable mentions to Michael Pittman, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Darnell Mooney, and George Pickens, I don't think any of those guys are in for a big week this week. Yeah, yeah, it would... It's hard to feel like any anyone in Pittsburgh is in for a big week this week. That was that was rough. I expected a lot more out of them, but maybe they'll bounce back this week. Uh, I have Jerry Judy at the top of my list. I don't care if he plays. I don't care if he gets a leg transplant and thinks he's perfectly healthy. I don't want any part of it. Staying away from Jacoby Myers. I know they're not ruling him out yet, but you should be ruling him out of your lineup. Brandon Cooks in Dallas, same deal. He says he's healthy. Eh. Not the defense to try to get healthy against. Tutu Atwell, we talked about a little bit. Um, again, I don't love the matchup. I don't think we're going to see quite as much of him every week. <clears throat> in Tennessee, Traylon Burks, there's just not the volume there. Alan Lazard in New York, I would hope someone introduces Zach Wilson to him. He probably should meet him. <laughs> you know some of this guys. Uh, Van Jefferson staying away from in. Uh, Los Angeles as well, Tyler Boyd, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Robert Woods, a.k.a. Bobby Trees. I keep putting that guy on my avoid list. always want to root for Bobby Trees. So I know <laughs> Jacoby Myers is uh, concussed um, yes. this week, but uh, we should give him a shout-out for actually catching not one, but two touchdown passes, which is like a whole season's worth for him in one Literally, game there. Literally, it is. He, uh, Got concussed. Actually, that might mean it might be time to just drop the guy. <laughs> where, where are we going to go from here? This might be as good as it gets. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> um, moving on to quarterbacks, I have Jalen Hurts at the top of my list this week, followed by Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Daniel Jones, and Derek Carr. Okay. All right. Look at that, Derek Carr. He's on my void list. Um, I've got Jalen Hurts at the top of my list as well. (laughs) Uh, Josh Allen is number two on my list. Lamar Jackson at three. Patrick Mahomes at four. Trevor Lawrence rounding out the top five. Um, Ominous foreshadowing having Mahomes and Lawrence right in the same place on the, the rankings here. I've got Tua at six. And Joe Burrow checking in at seven, Justin Fields at eight, Justin Herbert at nine, and Anthony Richardson at ten. So what's like ninety percent of my list of your voices? All right. Um Lamar Jackson at the top of my avoid list this there week. There we go. Followed by Justin Fields and Anthony Richardson, so ding ding ding. Um Geno Smith, Kirk Cousins, Gino. Matthew Stafford, Bryce Young. Kenny Pickett, 
Zach Wilson and Russell Wilson, so I'm avoiding you if you're a quarterback named Wilson this week. Also, uh, dishonorable mentions to Ryan Tannehill and Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson, both checking in here. All the Wilsons are accounted for, as is Jordan Love, Ryan Ryan Tannehill, Sam Howell, who I was extolling the virtues of earlier, Derek Carr on my avoid list, Mac Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, surprise, surprise, uh, Geno Smith, and Desmond Ritter as well. Okay. Um, Tight end-wise, who do you like this week? I might surprise you a little bit here. Um, I've got Mark Andrews at number one on my list. Uh, They've been trying to get him healthy. They didn't think this was totally serious. I think he's got a great matchup here against Cincinnati. Mark Andrews all day. Start him right away. TJ Hawkinson at two. I love the matchup here as well. Um, Then we go down to George Kittle, Darren Waller, and Dallas Goddard rounding out my top five. Notice you do not hear Travis Kelsey's name here. We'll get to him in a bit. At six, Evan Ingram, Tyler Higby at seven, David Njoku, Kyle Pitts, and Sam Laporta out of the fighting Motor City Dan Campbells rounding out the top ten. No Travis Kelsey to be seen here. Okay. Uh, You'll be happy to know that uh, um, two of the guys on your top ten list are on my avoid list, including Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson. But um, I'm giving it away here. Um, Top, my recommended list this week is uh, top of the list is George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, and Darren Waller. So if you hadn't had Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson on your list, we would have agreed on our top three. Um, Evan okay, Ingram, yeah. I do have, without the I do have, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm really looking for glimmers of hope here. Um, Travis Kelsey is on my list, but again, you know, that's not a, you know, he's, a lot further down on my list this week at five than he would be in a normal week. Um, I'll go out on a little bit of a limb here and say Herb Smith Jr., Gerald Everett, uh, the Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid combination, Juwan Johnson, and uh, I'll put uh, Jake Ferguson from your Dallas Cowboys on my uh, top ten list too. But really, I I think it just shows you what a crapshoot the tight end is probably going to be this year from – week to week unless you happen to have one of the top, you know, three or four guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fun out there. <laughs> but okay. uh how about uh, your avoid list for tight ends? Uh my avoid list, the top of the list is one Travis Kelsey. I don't believe that he's gonna sit out and miss this week. I believe he should. Uh, I don't think that, yes, even with a couple extra days, that he's healthy enough to play at the caliber he needs to, and that becomes more detrimental. Also, Jacksonville defends against tight ends better than most. So I don't want any part of it. I'll start somebody else, any number of people I'm fine with. Also, Cole Komet, not on this list. He's on the avoid list, not on the list to play. Chicago's going to get their offense figured out until you can really start him. Luke Musgrave, who we talked about before, I do think is going to be good down the line. I don't think he's going to be good this week. Irv Smith Jr., Dalton Kincaid, Hunter Henry, Hunter Hayden Hurst, Jake Ferguson, Jawan Johnson, Logan Thomas, and there we are. The fighting the fighting Kelsey uh, to start or not start. We'll have to see what everybody else thinks. We'll put put a question out there and see what people say. But I'm firmly on the just stay the heck away from it this week bandwagon. 
Okay. Um, as I mentioned before, Mark Andrews at the top of my avoid list, Pat Fryermuth, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, Shaga Conquo, Aiden Hurst, Cole Komet, Noah Font, Zach Ertz, and Tyler Conklin rounding out my 10 tight ends to avoid this week. There you go. I mean, we have some overlap. <laughs> some. There's a few names. Uh, all right. Um, defenses, a whole bunch that I really like a lot this week. I couldn't get it into, couldn't limit it to 10. I didn't want to go the tiers route, so I'll just give you my list. Um, Philadelphia, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Detroit, the Giants, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Houston, the Chargers, San Francisco, Dallas, Washington, New Orleans. I think all of those teams are going to hold their opponents this week to 21 points or less. Okay, we've got some overlap. Um, I've got the Saints at the top of my list, followed by the Browns. <laughs> Not normally what you get here, but that's I like the matchups this week. I've got the 49ers at three, the Cowboys at four, and the Colts all the way up at number five. For me, the Giants are checking in at six, Buffalo, uh, Miami, Denver, and the Packers rounding out the top five of defenses I would like to start this week. Okay. Um, Defenses I want to avoid this week include the Rams, the Chiefs, the Ravens, New England, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Las Vegas, Arizona, Carolina, and Minnesota. Yeah, it, it certainly feels like an easier list to make, the avoid list for defenses. <laughs> um, I, I also have the Chargers tack on my avoid list, the Texans, uh, Commanders, the Steelers, Buccaneers, Panthers, Bears, Lions, Bengals, Eagles. There's some good teams that aren't going to have good weeks. That's what I'm thinking. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to do a bit of a two-minute drill on our game predictions here, but uh, that does I'm trying to keep us. this quick. <laughs> it does seem to be a recurring uh, experience here. But uh, yeah. anyway, let's uh, just get right to it. Um, Thursday night game this week. I know you're a big fan of Thursday night games. Minnesota at oh, Philadelphia, yeah. which is strange. I think the last three times they've played now, it's always been in Philadelphia. It's just a quirk of the schedule. But uh, yeah, I think Philadelphia will – get its offense on track, and I think their defense um, showed you how good they can be against New England. I know the secondary is banged up, and that'll hurt, but I still think they're a couple touchdowns better than Minnesota in this game. I'll say Philadelphia 31, Vikings 17. I'm taking the Eagles to win 30-20. to 20. Kirk Cousins' lifetime is 12-20 and 20 in primetime games, and I don't think that's getting better for him this week. Even with the the injuries to the Eagles, I don't think they're going to have a problem being in Kirk Cousins' face. He can he can make mistakes all by himself. They just have to provoke it, that's all. So I think the Eagles would be just fine. Jalen Hurts will still run and throw for quite a few yards, and everyone in Philadelphia will be happy, which, as a Cowboys and a Giants fan, makes us sad. <laughs> okay. Um, the Bears at Tampa Bay, this is one of those games where, again, you know, okay, Tampa won, but you know they weren't expected to be very good this season. Same thing with Chicago. People had high hopes, I guess, for uh, Justin Fields, but he didn't show too well against the Packers. I'm going to take a stab here and say that uh, Baker Mayfield has a, a good enough game that they're able to win at home on the strength of their defense. 
I'll say uh, Buccaneers 24, Bears 20. Yeah, I mean, this I went back and forth on. I'm actually going to go with the Lions to win 23-20. I could see it going either way. The I Bears? think that Chicago is – yeah, I'm sorry, the Bears. I'm looking at the word Chicago and saying Lions, sorry. Um, but I think that the Bears clearly have a lot more. This can be a lot cleaner. I don't think the Tampa Bay defense is as feared as it has been in years past. So. Even going on the road, I think Chicago's just going to have a little bit of an edge. Like I said, I don't think Baker Mayfield can steal every sign of every team in the league. So I think the defense has a better chance here against him. Well, next up, we've got uh, Baltimore at Cincinnati in an AFC North game. Um, I think Cincinnati's going to bounce back in a big way from that uh, debacle on the lake there in Cleveland last week. And I think uh, their home opener will be a resounding success. I'll say Cincinnati 30, Baltimore 21 is uh, not sure quite where Baltimore's offense is going to come from. I'm taking Baltimore 30 over the Bengals with 24 points. I think that Cincinnati will look better, but I don't think Joe Burrow is totally healthy. I think that offensive line is still a problem. And, I, this doesn't seem like a team that has a whole heck of a lot of confidence. And Baltimore, I think, is getting healthier at the right time. Granted, it would have been nice to not lose J.K. Dobbins, but you're getting Mark Andrews more than likely back. And Lamar is healthy for the first time in forever. So I think that this maybe isn't the same hard-hitting matchup that it was in years past, but I think it's still going to be a very good game, but that Baltimore is going to handle this from start to finish. The score is going to look closer than it'll feel. Hey, Green Bay at Atlanta. Jordan Love, um, not overwhelming, but pretty impressive in his uh, debut as a full-time starter. And, you know, Atlanta, they look good, but, you know, they seem like a very one-dimensional offense right Mm -hmm. now with their run game, which, admittedly is very good, but I think Green Bay's defense is better than uh, most people think, and I'll go with the Packers to win um, on the road here for a second week in a row, 4-17. I am going to shock you all and not pick Atlanta. (laughs) I'm going to keep the streak alive. You showed me some good things, but I'm not there yet. Let's keep trying, Atlanta. Um, I'm taking Green Bay 24-20, a close game, a little more respect, to the Falcons, but like you said, Jordan Love looked much better than I expected him to, and he might be getting a little bit healthier around him, as in fast catchers, and that'll help things a little bit. If he's without Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon will be a fine stand-in. It won't be quite the same runner, but the offense will still work the way it needs to, so I think he'll be okay. Right. Uh, Indianapolis at Houston. Indianapolis, you know, I guess we've got two rookie quarterbacks playing their second games. Um, Indianapolis, yeah, they, you know, to hang within 10 points of Jacksonville, that's that's a, not a bad achievement. But I just think that uh, in Houston, you know, they're obviously not going to be winning too many games this season. But uh, I think this is one that they can win and they will win. I think Damian Pierce has a nice game here. And uh, hopefully C.J. Stroud gets a little more time to throw. But uh I'll go with Houston here in a mini upset, uh, 24-21 at home. Okay, taking a little Houston upset. I think that makes you and I both taking a miniature Houston upset here. I've got them winning 21-17 at home. I think C.J. Stroud's going to throw the ball well. Anthony Richardson's doing a lot of good things, but I think Houston's just got a little bit more firepower uh, overall, which 
I'm excited to watch this game. I think it will be interesting. This is probably the most excited I've been to watch a Houston game in a long time. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually more excited to watch this next game, which is uh, Kansas City at Jacksonville, which in my mind could be the yeah. Dolphins-Chargers game of week two. Um, a lot of that mm-hmm. depends, oddly enough, on Kansas City and whether they have any receivers that are going to stand up. Um, I don't know if I would put my money on uh, Kadarius Tony, but you know, he had some drives. I sure wouldn't. More. Actually, though, but uh, yeah, he's certainly talking trash about his former team. But um, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll maybe, see what happens. Maybe read the room, actually, not the time, guy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually going to. Um, Say that Kansas City gets off to an 0 and 2 start as uh, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit of a surprise here, but I'm going to pick them to beat the Chiefs at home. I think it'll be a close game, but I like uh, the offensive firepower for Jacksonville a little bit more at this point. So I'll pick them uh, 31 over the Chiefs 27. I actually also took the Jaguars in this. And, again, I went back and forth a hard time with this. Kansas City's 13-3 and coming off a loss. Um, it's Patrick Mahomes' birthday that day also, for whatever that entails, but I'm sure there's something going on in the world for it. I think Jacksonville playing at home, I think that they are believing they're a team that can beat good teams. I mean, look what happened. Look how their season ended and, you know, the fact that they were even in games like that. but. I think Jacksonville is healthier. I think they've got enough. I think the dynamic of Travis Etienne and that run game is really going to help them here. Travis Kelsey's not helpful. He can't come save isn't healthy, which makes him not helpful. He can't come save the day here for Kansas City, and I think Jacksonville's going to make him pay for it. So what's your score? My score is 27-24 Jacksonville. Um, yep. Chargers at Tennessee and see if they can bounce back from the disappointing loss against um, Miami. Unlike Miami, Tennessee, not much uh, going on there from an offensive um, standpoint. I don't think uh, anybody's going to be uh, confusing Ryan Tannehill for uh, to a tie to Viola anytime soon. Uh, Derek Henry <laughs> is obviously a big weapon, but uh, I just think Chargers have a more balanced offense and a decent defense and, I think that's going to carry the day here. I'll say Chargers 27, Titans 21. Yeah, I just this Titans team makes me a little bit sad. Uh, I think they'll they'll stay in it. Derrick Henry's still Derrick Henry. And this Chargers team seems just hell bent on giving games away whenever possible. Um, I've got the Chargers winning 23-21, so we're right there. I just I don't think this is a high-scoring or much of a, an offensive firepower game. There's going to be a lot of ground-and-pound football, which not a bad thing, just not what you want for fantasy purposes for the most part. And we've got Las Vegas traveling to Buffalo. Should be interesting. Vegas starting with their second uh, game in a row on the road, but this time I don't think they're going to uh, be as happy with the outcome. I think Buffalo will bounce back from the disappointing outing Monday night against the Jets. I think home opener mm-hmm. and uh, Josh Allen will play better and won't throw three interceptions to the same guy this week and uh, yeah. take them by a field goal. I think Jimmy Garoppolo keeps them in it, but uh, just Buffalo is a better team, and I think they prevail here 27-24. Yeah, and, and they're in Buffalo. Uh, that, that always is 
that's becoming quite a an energy in that stadium. I again, I'm not sold on Jimmy Garoppolo yet. I'm not sold on this offense. I want to see how much of a, a piece they're going to let Josh Jacobs be of this puzzle. So I'm not really sure what I think of them, other than I think they're not able to beat the Bills unless the Bills wake up and decide to beat themselves. But it won't be for the Vegas output. It, they would need an awful lot of help. But I have them in a close game and a lower scoring game than I thought it would be maybe a couple of weeks ago. I've got Buffalo winning 27-21. I'm just waiting for the day when uh, Las Vegas plays Atlanta and you have to actually pick either Jimmy Garoppolo or Atlanta. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. I haven't taken a bye week yet, but maybe this year. <laughs> okay. Um, Seattle at Detroit, you know, this is one of those traps that I think, you know, small sample size yeah. people can easily fall into. Everybody liked Seattle's defense before last week, and, you know, most people like Detroit's offense. Um, Detroit's offense was okay against the Chiefs' defense that was missing their best defender, but uh, I don't think either one of these teams really played up to their capability last week, even though Detroit won. Um, I think they're going to keep um, – they're a good start going this week, and I think they're going to win what will be a closer game than most people think, but I'll go with uh, Detroit winning this 24-20. And, uh, yeah, among uh, St. Brown is definitely Ooh. turning out to be one of the better receivers in football. He is. He really is. And I think Detroit is – they're at home. They've got the energy. I mean, to to knock off – the guys that you beat at the end of the season and Aaron Rodgers year last year, you know, start by ruining Patrick Mahomes pregame ceremony and everyone's drinking the Kool-Aid. They're drinking the Motor City Dan Campbell Kool-Aid. I am too. I'm all in for it. I'm taking them to be a 2-0 and team after this week. It's going to be closer, 28-23, but I think it'll be a good game. Okay. Um, I don't think you can say that about this next game. Uh, Rams hosting mm. San Francisco. And yeah. San Francisco also starting their uh, season with a second uh, consecutive road game. I guess that happens, but just kind of strange. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, the Rams, I, I just, I think last week was more of an aberration. I mean, if they beat for the 49ers, obviously I'll have to reconsider that, but uh, I don't think that's happening here. I mean, to me, the 49ers and the Cowboys were the two most impressive teams uh, last week, both playing teams that were supposed to mount a pretty good opposition, but uh, neither the Steelers nor the Giants were up for the task. But here I think uh, that San Francisco will win this game pretty easily. I'll say 34 to 21. and I can easily see it being a lot worse than that. I went, I, I kept it a little closer. I've got 28-21 San Francisco winning, but again, I could see it being a higher scoring game. Um, I just, this this Los Angeles team did not impress me in any way, shape, or form last week, and I don't feel like it's going to get significantly better here. I don't think just Cooper Cup is the issue, but like they've got some, they've got some real problems they need to address. Right. Uh, speaking of problems that need to be addressed, we've got the Giants playing the Cardinals, which. Uh, Sorry about that. You know, yeah. Well, that's okay. One of these teams is going to be one and one after this week and uh, maybe a homer pick here, but I think the Giants are more likely to find their footing than the Cardinals. I just think, you know, they'll go back to what works for them, which is mainly giving the ball to Saquon Barkley and letting him do the rest of the work. You know, the offensive line is definitely a 
concern there. And the Cardinals also had four sacks last week. So that's also a concern. But I think if the Giants uh, stick to the ground and pound uh, early on and then maybe mix in some passes after that, uh, we'll see. But I think Daniel Jones and crew will have a better outcome this week. I'll say Giants 27, Cardinals 20. I wholeheartedly agree. I'm picking the Giants. I've got them 23-21, more so because I think defenses are going to be more of a factor than offenses here. But if this Giants team can't get up for this game and be a lot more dominant looking than they were last week, they have a really big problem. If you can't get fired off, uh, fired up off a loss like that, you're not going to find anything to motivate you. Like, they got embarrassed on national TV, and you don't want to have that happen again. You need to come out and make someone else pay for that, and that, unfortunately, this week is going to be the Arizona Cardinals, who just a scrappy little upstart team with James Conner. But, I, I mean, there are points to be had, but I think we see an awful lot more of Saquon Barkley and an awful lot more of letting Daniel Jones actually make a decision or two instead of just getting killed. Um but if you guys want to just put, like, jerseys on turnstiles, that would probably have the same effect as an offensive line as what the Giants are doing right now, which is not ideal. they got to really get that figured out quick. I overlooked the most important facet of this game. It's an Isaiah Simmons revenge game. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw that one without saying. That's not marked on everyone's calendar because it is here at the 4th and Ninja show. Yes. We're ready. All right. Um the Jets are at Dallas. Dallas has a chance to run the table on the New York teams to open the season, and uh, I think they'll do just that. Um, I remember the Jets playing, I don't remember the game eight years ago, but I think 16 years ago they played at Dallas on Thanksgiving Day, and uh, the results were not pretty. I think they'll keep no. this game reasonably close. I'm one of those people that thinks Zach Wilson might actually turn out to be a serviceable quarterback this season. I mean, certainly not, you know, what they would have gotten out of Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's not going to be the, you know, the, the garbage dumpster fire that, uh, you know, most yeah. people think. I think they'll keep it close. You know, they've got a lot more uh, talent at the skill positions this year than they did for him last year, but still, I think Dallas is just a better team here, and even if they're not hitting on all cylinders this week, uh, I think they'll win this uh, 24-21. I've got Dallas winning this 31-16, so I'm a little less optimistic, but um, some of that is them being at home and, you know, that they're riding high this week after the Giants. And I think that Zach Wilson is, he's going to be just fine. He absolutely is. Um, I think a large portion of the playbook probably goes away. There's a lot of Aaron Rodgers types plays that just are not going to be run here. He's not going to be gunslinging the ball 70 yards downfield to Al Lazard or Randall Cobb. But if they do what they did this week and just short manageable throws, just chunks at a time, I think they stay in it. The problem is the one mistake you make, Trevion Diggs or Micah Parsons is right there in your face, and that becomes a bigger deal. So that's that's where I see the difference being a less so that the Dallas offense does a whole lot because I think that Jets defense is very good. And I think CD lamb is going to be a non-factor for a lot of this game. And it's going to be a, a Tony Pollard and Dallas Cowboy defense win, not, not a Dak Prescott win. And Jake Ferguson. Exactly. <laughs> These are the important players. But yeah, you're right. There, the CD lamb uh, sauce Gardner matchup should be a fun one to watch. Um, oh, yeah, and I think Sauce is winning a lot of those. Daryl Revis used to talk about Revis Island, and I don't know if there's a Sauce Island yet, but uh, 
if not, they're probably. I don't know, but maybe be. maybe they get maybe they get to a point where you know you're like growing up. We had Nickelodeon that always poured slime on people. Like maybe maybe we have like a a sauce sliming setup station afterwards. He has a great game. He gets to slime the guy he just roasted all day long. Like maybe like a good barbecue sauce line. We could figure this out. We can make this happen for you, sauce. <laughs> yeah, and I thought the. Uh... The Manning cast was the height of uh, viewer fun, but uh, that that might, even, nope. that might even take the cake there, or take the sauce, as it were. Watch but, this uh, space, guys. Okay. <laughs> um, Washington at Denver. Uh, hard to figure this one out. Denver, another yeah um, home game, but uh, I just I I don't have any confidence in Russell Wilson to really right the ship here. Yeah. I know he wasn't horrible last week, but uh, I actually. Um, have a little bit more um, confidence, I guess, in Sam Howell than most people, and I think yes. they'll find a way to win. I think Brian Robinson is the better of the two running backs, but uh, and even without Terry McLaurin at full strength, I think Jahan Dotson um, is turning out to be quite the find for them, and I think they'll win this uh, not convincingly, but I'll give it to them by a field goal. Say Washington twenty-four, Denver twenty-one. I have Washington win this, winning this 20 to 17. So we're in the same vein. I I don't think Russell Wilson's the answer in Denver. I'm not entirely sure Sean Payton is either, but I'd like to see someone else try to run this offense for a couple of weeks and see if it gets better because it probably does. Um, Sam Howell, I liked a lot of what I saw. I liked how he was, how willing he was to just put his own line, his own body on the line to get out there to get a couple of yards. He's making throws he doesn't need to be making, but sometimes they work. And you know what? Just get crazy. See what's going to work, what's not. This is the team to do it on. You've got a chance. I just – Denver fans are going to be disappointed at home again. Okay. And um, Miami at New England, this should be an interesting matchup for Miami's offense against yeah. New England's defense. And no, New England's uh, – Offense. I don't know if they're going to throw the ball 54 times again, but you know, Mac Jones, if he you know, throws that many passes in a year, they're in, in a week. There's going to be definitely some uh, interesting receivers and tight ends for New England. But anyway, back to the point at hand: Is Miami's offense for real? I think they are. Uh, I think they'll be able to do just enough to get by New England's defense, and I think Miami's. Defense is a little bit underrated. I think they're better than what they showed against the Chargers. So I'll go with them here against the Patriots by score 28-24. I've got Miami winning 31-24, so I think there's a little more offense to go around here. But this historically for the last 15 years has been like a tough real rivalry for the Patriots. Even when the Patriots were everything and a bag of chips and the Dolphins were just the Dolphins, they always played New England tough. This is one that gets marked and circled on the schedule for both teams. And I think that Bill Belichick and the defense will do a much better job of, of making to his decision-making a lot harder. Um, the defense is going to be a little more ready for this. But I think that the Dolphins are the real deal. I think Raheem Mostart might become more of a, a factor this week. But two is still going to throw the ball a ton. And Mac Jones, while... I think he is a great quarterback. I don't think he currently is on a great team, and I don't know how that's going to work for him. It seems like there's a real big disconnect that could get bigger at any second. But for now, I think they hang around, but Miami's still the just more offensive firepower. Okay, for some reason, the NFL schedule makers have gifted us with not yeah. one, but two 
Monday night games, which are actually going to be overlapping because they're only starting an hour apart, which is kind of bizarre. Weird. But, uh, the whole thing anyway, weird. Anyway, uh, first game up <laughs> is an NFC South champion uh, matchup between, and I don't think it'll be for a championship Ooh. every time Ooh. soon. But yeah, New things Orleans have gone very awry. <laughs> New Orleans is at Carolina, as alluded to before. I'm kind of on the Derek Carr bandwagon this early in the season, and yeah, I like Bryce Young's um, future a lot, but uh, New Orleans got a tough defense, and I think they'll prevail here. I'll say uh, New Orleans 27, Carolina 21. I've got New Orleans winning 24-17, so I I really I like a lot of things about this New Orleans team. I like Mike, Michael Thomas is healthy and catching footballs. That's great, but I love Chris Olave. I think that this whole offense really just works much better. Together. You still got – Jason Hill running around, being on special teams and making plays. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of interesting parts to this team. And then the defense itself is very good. So I'm excited for a Derek Carr redemption arc. Not being in the in the Raiders bubble I think is good for him. But I think they're going to win this one pretty handily. Carolina will get better. I just don't think they're going to get better fast enough this year to truly be, like, a real problem for anyone. Okay. and. After disagreeing on two of our first three games, we've agreed on 12 games in a row now, which I know, may be our second longest weird. streak ever. But uh, <laughs> last game, I think we'll have a disagreement here. Uh, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh also starting with uh, two home games this year. Cleveland, you know, don't know if they're really good or whether Cincinnati was just really all combination of the two last week. I'll actually uh, say that uh, I think you know, powered by that defense, their offense has a chance to be better than it was last year. I'll say they're half decent, and I'll pick them to win this game uh, on the road uh, in Pittsburgh. I'll go with uh, Cleveland 24, Pittsburgh 20, and I'm almost certain you're going to go the other way on this. But uh, let's see. I am. I am. (laughs) Had this game been played anywhere but Pittsburgh, I think I could have talked myself into the Browns because it it could go either way. I, I fully fully support that idea, but I think it's going to go Pittsburgh's way. I think they're at home in Heinz Field. The energy is great there. You can't you can't get to the point where your own fans are trying to boo you, so you got to play better. What happened last week can't happen. There needs to be an offensive line that does their job. you got to complete a couple of passes. Maybe don't turn the ball over so much. These are things that need to happen. The, the Steelers' defense has to be better. And that Cleveland defense is going to make it tough to score points. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I've got Pittsburgh winning 23-21. But I think it'll be a competitive game. So at least we're getting two decent games on Monday night, which does not always happen. No. And uh, how about some uh, DFS uh, suggestions for this week? We've we've got some good ones. Uh, Again, if it's your first time listening, where have you been the last 14 years? But we – when we give you our DFS picks here, it's value picks. You know who the big names are. You know who you want to build your lineup around. I don't need to tell you, like, hey, it might be a great week to think about starting Dak Prescott or anybody of these elite caliber players. So here are the guys that are going to be able Jimmy to Garoppolo. give you the ability. Yeah, the old, the old Jimmy Garoppolo, old Yimmy. Um, these are going to give you the chance that you could put Patrick Mahomes in your lineup. You could put Josh Allen in. That, you know, you're like, i got to have the Baltimore defense, whatever. We're going to give you some value options at each position. At quarterback, without a doubt, the best value you're going to get is Brock Purdy this week. Daniel Jones, a close second, and Geno Smith is good. But where Brock Purdy is priced right now, 
Put him on all of your teams. You'll thank me later. Uh, at running back, David Montgomery's got a good matchup and a great price. Kenneth Walker the third. Again, I think he's going to fade out as the season goes on, so take advantage while you can now. And Joshua Kelly, I think, is a very interesting option, especially if Austin Eckler doesn't play. But even not totally healthy, Kelly makes an interesting option. At wide receiver, Chris Godwin. Uh, I think we saw a little more production out of him than we expected last week. Puka Nakua in the Rams we talked about might be a flash in the pan. He's maybe not long for this world to be an everyday, every week roster starter, but this week is a good one, and the price is oh so right. Uh, Nick Westbrook-Akini from Tennessee. I think he's going to be the bearer of many targets. Just defensively, the way this matches up, he's going to have a lot more open field than any of the other guys, and I think it'll pay off. Jahan Dotson we talked about a little bit earlier on the Commanders, and Brandon Ayuk, the price tag, depending where you are, and it's really more on DraftKings than it is FanDuel. The price is looking pretty good for him there as well. Tight end Jake Ferguson we talked about in Dallas, Sam Laporta in the Fighting Motor City, Dan Campbells, and Adam Troutman in New Orleans. Defenses, Arizona, Chicago, Detroit, the price is all right there. You're not giving up a ton of points. They're good options. So we've given you a little bit of everything. You've got arguments. You've got disagreements. You've got actually a lot of agreements. For us, this was a big one. (laughs) Who to start, who to sit, your waiver wire priority options, uh, and even a little bit of daily fantasy football options. So as as we know, as we know, one hour plus is not enough. So find us all over social media. We're happy to answer your questions. Talk football, sports, whatever with you. You can find us on Twitter, slash X, slash whatever you want to call it. Uh, the Sherpa's at fantasy underscore Sherpa. I'm at JKIM16. And you can find the show at the number 4THN Inches Show. And we've got an email address, the number 4THNHShow at gmail.com. And as always, come find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. And we will be back with you next Wednesday night from 730 to 830 p.m. Eastern Time, guiding you to victory and hopefully arguing even just a little bit less. (laughs) But good luck this week, unless, of course, you're playing us.